You are listening to the Swim Not Sink Leadership Podcast, the show for first-time leaders, for that moment in your career when the book stops with you. This is your window into the world of how to lead successfully. Now, over to your host, James Nagel. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the Swim Not Sink Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, James Nagel, and today I'm talking to Matthias Caride. Now, Matthias introduces himself to the world on his LinkedIn profile as not a guru on anything, not a VP and director at the same time. I don't do or know everything kind of profile. Rather, I'm honest, reliable, and optimistic. So someone who is refreshingly straight talking and willing to challenge the conventions. Very much on character with the colleague I worked with on a few challenges, including the Zika crisis back in 2015. Remember that? So Matthias is originally from Argentina. And if any of you know Argentina, self-confidence is not lacking. He has had an impressive career in Latin America and Asia with Reckitt and is now Regional Director EMEA e-commerce with Whirlpool, based in Italy. So welcome, Matthias. Thank you, James. Welcome and good morning to you too. So look, when, when I think of you, it's like the the Ronsi ad. I'm not sure if Ronsi is famous abroad, but it's it, it's the ad that said, "You get what it says on the tin." So for me, at least, I consider you cre- creative. You're impatient for sure, and you've got a strong strong bias for action. First of all, is that true? And <laughs> and secondly, uh, how has that approach served you through your career? It's absolutely true, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it out out there in LinkedIn if I wasn't a hundred percent sure of who I am and how I am. Um, so, it did serve me well through different stages of my career, but it also, as much as it is a strength, it also became a pitfall at different moments in my career. And um, you know, staying true and honest to to your pod, podcast. It helped me to swim, but it really helped me to sink also. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, I think um, that is absolutely me, and that is also the animal I need to tame uh, to get the best out of it. So, okay, great. You, you've, you've introduced it. So what is it that you need to tame? Hey, so the way, the way I see it sometimes... Um, when you're overly driven, or and particularly in my case, look, I don't need anyone to give me a little bit of a, of a push and nurture a little bit of energy, right? I I jump onto the state of things. There are moments where you need to reflect, I believe, you know, and it's not all bias for action. Action is just one of the components of the funnel of being eff- effective and efficient. And while being biased for action has a lot of, uh, it's very visible, you know. It also drives you into tunnel vision many, many times. And when you go into tunnel vision, at least from my my experience, um, tunnel vision is really good at certain moments, but it can be extremely disruptive negatively in other moments where you might alienate uh, the people around you, you know. So, you know, you can... You can cross rivers very, very fast, but you can also burn bridges. Your bias for action when I was working with you, I had a, I was working with a number of people like you at that time, but I nearly, let's say, in terms of preference to work with, I selected you because I could just see someone who really wanted to make something happen. 
right? And you you were waiting for a partner who had the same uh, the same the same thing. What what's your what do you do when when you're working with partners who don't share that? How do how do you adapt yourself? With me, it starts with self uh, reflection. The first one and the second one is moving from the giving answers kind of a profile to being the one asking all the questions to have a better uh, a better understanding you know in the end and uh, maybe it's age maybe it's uh, having been all around the world everyone has something good to contribute from a different perspective different attitude different model right so i i over the last 5 or 7 years i think that i i've been able to start grasping better what is the overall context so it doesn't matter if the other person or the other teams don't share the same passion or the same uh, attitude as long as they are willing to contribute there will be value in what they have to say and i've learned to realize that i have a lot of blind spots so the second driver for me is ask for the feedback apart from yourself and and you know spending that time reflecting what what what's the best advice or tips you've got from from externals, whether that's mentors, coaches, or breathe in, breathe out, make your mental map, and then execute. In the end, I don't mean that we we don't need to be biased for action, which certainly it is. What I still still believe to be the best strategy for winning by being biased for action, but. I think that we need to be much more self-aware of these roundings of what tools and, and capabilities they are available to you that you don't necessarily see at the, uh, the first time, in the first moment. And are you able to talk to an example of that? Breathe in, breathe out, I get the, the mental map. Can you talk about how that served you? I had recently, about three years ago, an, an amazing professional experience where we decided as a company to close down a very big operation in Turkey. Uh, I mean, a very big uh, operation, right? Over 100 million uh, euros of, uh, of turnover. Um, for different reasons, we decided to close down the operation. And I was given the challenge to complete that part of the, uh, of the process. And landing in a new country, new culture with a team that had an emotional and a personal challenge and the professional challenge was actually the least important in their life, right? They knew they were not going to have a job in the next uh, six months. And yet we were asking them to make that uh, extra extra effort. Um, in a complicated economical context uh, in, in Turkey, there was a massive uh, leader devaluation. So, you know, all the, the perfect storm, let, let me say it. And uh, my usual self, I landed, grabbed the team, put an action plan map. Guys, these are the objectives. Who's in, who's out? Let's get, uh, let's get down with it, you know? And that was my first sync moment. What are you doing here? Don't you know that we got fired? And I was like, yeah, I know part of the story. You'll tell me while, while we get on doing things, we'll... Uh, You'll tell me the story and I'll adjust, right? So, but then I that, I came back home after the first week, did my week self reflection. <laughs> I said, "What did I just do?" You know. 
So next week I come back and completely different self. I did my, I did a breathing exercise in the morning. Absolutely. Came into the office, completely new approach, got in touch with the right people, start uh, understanding who were the thought leaders uh, in there, who were the people more emotionally affected and started working the plan completely the other way, you know, starting with the persons rather than with the business. Um, and over those six months, it's not that from there it was all roses, uh, you know, roses and flowers. Uh, it's, uh, I had many sync moments like this one where, you know, my, my usual self kicked in and started dominating the discussion without being fully aware of the surroundings. So, uh, the, I would say the best thing was that I could dedicate myself fully to the project because uh, I was on, basically on a, on a temporary base there. So I was really able to do the daily self-reflection, what went well, what went uh, wrong, separate the time with the thought leaders in the organization to get their feedback of how to get their tools and capabilities to, to deliver the project rather than let's leave. And I'm curious about one thing as I listen to you. So Whirlpool selected you to go there. They knew your profile, which, as we said at the outset, is more bias for action. If it hadn't been for you putting on the brake and reflecting, who was it that was helping you evolve within the role? There were, there were many people, I have to say. Um, this, this is an extremely collaborative organization, right? So there, are, there is a very strong support model. The first person and the most closest to me through this journey was my HR partner. Uh, not only uh, a person that was involved throughout all the, pro the process, but was there to, to help me, to coach me through, through, this, uh, through this process. So I didn't need commercial acumen to get this done, right? <laughs> Selling, collecting, and, uh, and closing uh, and uh, finalizing, terminating contracts, it, it's all part of uh, my, let me say, my background. But then the how was the big challenge. So there were two critical people. First, my HR partners, uh, as I mentioned. And secondly, I, so there was a key member of the leadership team, uh, of the EMEA leadership team, which was the, the CFO that was always, also always there. You know, it was a really great coach through the process. Uh, and I say this because they were the two sides of the story, right? From a financial perspective, it was, that was the project. It was really a finance driven project. How do we minimize the impact on the company? So a person that was also extremely driven for what the result needed to be, but being in a senior leadership role with a much broader experience, Help me also manage the urgency, you know, and stay calm when uh, the results were not yet there, but the assessment of the actions was uh, was that the actions were right. So, you know, how to not be, how to avoid being disrupted by the urgency of seeing action. One thing I always uh, challenge people or provoke people with is the, the two questions, which is what needs done? And in this case, it sounds pretty clear. We need to close the business and we need to, you know, make the financial saving or whatever. And then why me? And out of those two questions, there's always the gap. Were you aware as you went into that of the stretch you had or did you think, okay, I can, I can do this? I definitely was aware of the gap. 
but the funny thing is that the more the bigger the challenge is, the more interested I become in that. And given that I'm all in from uh, the learning journey, you know, good or bad, there is always a learning. So, so that's the first thing that I uh, that I look into that. And uh, my map was, what is it that I can learn first for myself, and then. What is it that I can learn for the organization, right? It's not usual that an organization closes down uh, a business, a, a big size business in particular. So, so yes, I was aware. I was definitely not aware of all the gap that I had. As I said, <laughs> I, I thought I was aware, but my gap started the first day. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to test your own readiness for the hot seat, then take the Leadership Readiness Scorecard. Details in the show notes and on swimnotsync.com. So, Matthias, you, you'd mentioned, you know, there's a job to be done in Turkey. They selected you um, with your profile for that role. How did they set you up for success? The short answer is no. I, I think that there... Uh, that we could have done a much better job in planning the in planning the the onboarding if if you want. So um, I think that while I had the skills and I had the opportunity, also the company was in, in a more urgency kind of mindset. And as I explained before, all the components were there, but there was no there was no cohesive way or holistic way on putting all that together. As you look forward to, you know, future moves, et cetera, how, how will you approach, how will you approach onboarding? You point, rightly pointed out earlier, if you really design for success, then, then the chances of being successful are much better. If you go with the, if you're more reactive to that, then there are so many blind spots that, uh, you know, that makes you suffer in the end. The most important one for me, let me say, because there are a lot of uh, elements in uh, in a welcoming plan or an onboarding plan or new context kind of plan is set the expectations right from the first uh, from the first moment. You know, and uh, and again, I look back to my career, and I would I would have always been the kind of person that has no problem in being at the forefront, right? At the line of fire and raise the hand and say, yeah, let's go. We're all in. Uh, you know, what do you want? We want chocolate. Okay, I give you chocolate. Mm -hmm. And over time, and especially in the last uh, six, seven years, that's where through these experiences I learned of what you just mentioned of the blind spot. So to me, the, there are uh, three elements that drive to the set the right expectations at the very, very beginning. Is ask all the questions that you need to ask all the time. You have a limited time frame to get acquainted with the context and what the real challenge is, right? Again, there is a lot more than what meets the eye. The second one is get feedback and, uh, and get feedback from, from how you are approaching the first critical touch points, you know? Uh, normally all these contexts have new people, new cultures, new challenges, new tools, new capabilities, whatever. There is always something new. Uh, and there is some kind of precedent. So getting feedback from the people who are 
invested in the matter in any shape or form will help will help you or it helps me build a faster context to then set realistic challenging and realistic uh, targets that that then I can I can commit to and to me the commitment goes it's almost like a letter sign in blood right but that's why you want to be sure that the commitment is something that you can really commit to so again to me it's first set right the set the expectations right the second element is go after a framework um, there are hundreds of frameworks, uh, risk assessment, uh, even in the 90-day book, the uh, STAR assessment, and use the frame and use the framework. Stick to it. They are frameworks for a reason, and they work. <laughs> People will often give a superficial answer. The question is, how do you go to the next level and the next level down? You know, if you think back from what you were told going into new roles on day one to what turned out to be the real challenge? How, how close were those uh, expectations, as you say? Identifying what the real challenge is to, to exactly to the point that you were uh, asking, how do you get quality answers? Just keep on asking and keep on digging and don't take the first answer as the definitive answer, you know? Uh, that is, we are, dealing, we are dealing with people. We are dealing with emotions. We are dealing with expectations we are dealing with frustrations we don't deal with the business challenge is never a business challenge that is agnostic of the people involved right so uh we i at least i i try to keep calm in the sense that there is there is a lot of value in asking why five times but why and why and why and why and why and why and then give me an example because also it helps the other person or the other team members to reflect on what are they really after, you know? Um, and, that, and that's how I connect with the, uh, with the set the right ex expectations, right? The right expectations is not just managing upwards. It's also setting the right e expectations for the peer group that will be affected, but also for the team that, needs, uh, that will be more on the line, uh, you know, in the execution line. Um, right. So, yeah. No, I, I, look, I, I like what you've just said because... It's in line with what I would say your character is. You're not you're not afraid to ask the question. I'm just pushing you a little bit on it because I'm not sure everyone is 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 so strong in that. So let's say you've worked for what five more than five companies. You've done many roles. You know you're still a young guy, right? So thank you. Well, <laughs> well you know when you're thinking of what are the challenges you want to take on next. What 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 is it that attracts you? The learning journey, absolutely, absolutely, it's about the learning journey. Um, and learning comes in many shapes and forms in different as aspects, right? But it's, it really is, how do I, with this new challenge, make a better version of myself in any of the axes that are uh, required? Now, clearly, I am, I am not able, maybe other people are, to tell you exactly what that challenge is going to give me or if it really fits an area I need to develop. You know, the, we have been very blessed of being people with the opportunity to live and, and experience different cultures, different ways of being, uh, different ways of working. And that has been so rich that I don't see myself stopping, you know. Uh, every country is a new discovery, every company is a new discovery, every challenge. So to me, it's the learning journey. 
the, ex the excitement comes from the learning journey. It's quite an um, introspective view. You know, lots of people, it's about getting the task done or building something bigger. For you, it's, it's more, as you say, a better version of yourself. So no, that, that's an original, original take, so I, I appreciate it. As we, as we come to the end, I, I've got maybe two questions. The first one is a bit more um, humorous, right? So when you issued your new LinkedIn profile, right, not the guru, what was the reaction you got and were you happy with it? I mean, did, did people get what you wanted to say there? Most of the people did. Um, and, it, and some of the people, the fewer, I would say, didn't or had a different interpretation. Um, the first and the biggest set of reactions was, you are in the hunt for the bullshitters. <laughs> You know, LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn is a place of vanity. Uh, there's no, the, the, it's like in, it's like the Instagram. Uh, it's like the professional Instagram. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's nothing more than that. It really has come down to that. Um, and there was a lot there, uh, and more of most of the reactions were related to that. Yet there was a group of uh, reactions also that I that I actually cherished a lot, which were. Oh, it sounds like you're a frustrated person that didn't make it, right? Uh, and I was like, oh, that's an interest take. And there might be a, a pinch of salt in that, and there might be a bit of reality in that. But you can't control all the interpretations. It's like when you do a value proposition on a product, on a brand, on an experience, you know. Uh, you're aiming at a certain target group that where it will have an impact and there will be always some different interpretations that might be, go well or might go wrong you know um, but i have to say that the second interpretation it did make me reflect look matthias as we come to the end it's more is there anything else in terms of things that that we just haven't got the cover in the in the questions so far any reflections or I want to share also from uh, from my experience, but also from what I've seen from great leaders that I had the chance to work with or work for. And I'll be a little bit more uh, black and white now. Uh, there is a lot of honor in taking the feedback as it comes. And there is a lot of power in or, un or uh, unlocking or, or the opportunity to unlock power or trap power when you reflect on that feedback, even if it hurts. And the feedback, I believe the feedback has to hurt. And once it hurts, it really helps you to find that edge. Um, I'm saying this because I've been a very proud person. I've been a very reactive person. And I also been in the side of, I couldn't care less. You know, and neither of the positions are neither of the positions are uh, are, are good. The, the the best the best answer is always lies in the middle. I, I believe, and that was my my sink or swim or swim or sink uh, best learning throughout these twenty five years is embrace the feedback, embrace the feedback, embrace it. It's not there to hurt you; it's there to make you better. 
But the good one is the one that hurts, and then it makes you better. Yeah, if I understand you correctly. Uh, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the world changes every day. So wh what you were yesterday is not necessarily the best self for uh, for tomorrow. So your heritage, your experiences, they just make you better. They don't make you your best. So you can't say, look, I was great in my other role. I was great in that other country. So this is the mag magic potion. It's not. It's not. Look, I, I, I'm going to leave it there because I, I think that's a great, a great parting thought. And I really, really enjoyed the conversation. So thanks, Matthias, and good luck in what's coming up next. Yeah, okay? Thank you, James, and uh, all the best uh, with the podcast. You've been listening to the Swim Not Sink Leadership Podcast. Subscribe at swimnotsink.com forward slash podcast.